Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to an episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephalo Podcast. And that, of course, is the only show that knows how to celebrate all the things that made growing up awesome. And we do it frequently. It's kind of our thing. Uh, We are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee. That is, of course, coffee to die for. And we are members of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks. Tonight, you... Uh, gentle listener, you are listening to an episode of our interview bonus show, The Brig. Just in case you forgot that. Uh, here with me tonight in this episode of The Brig, uh, I have a, a, a really cool dude that we're welcoming back. But before we get to him, I will introduce my my co-host with the Mo-host. Uh, that's 8-Bit Alchemy. How you doing, man? Oh, hey, guy. I'm doing pretty good. I mean, you could technically welcome me back as well, because, you know, technically I am coming back every time. Yeah, you're whether, whether, you know, it's expected or not. You know, I'm coming. I am returning. You are back. Yeah, you can totally welcome me back. I could. I I don't want to. Um, I feel like you never leave. But I, but I, I mean, I do. I have to like poop and I have to eat. And, you know, I got stuff to do. Like, I can't always be on the show. So I do Mm -hmm. have to come back in a way. But. You know, it's okay. It's all right. Maybe next time. Okay. Well, well, maybe next time I'll, I'll welcome you back. I, I'm not going to make that promise yeah, now. Yeah, don't, don't force it. But uh, other than you, we have, uh, we have Mr. Josh Neelis back on the show. How's it going, Josh? Uh, it's going. I don't poop ever. Ever. My God, uh, you must be an android. How does mm-hmm. it feel? I don't know how it's, you do it. But you know what cold. else? You know what else I don't know how you do is uh, publish all that you do. You are a comic book writer, publisher. Uh, Cutthroat Comics is your is your company, is your baby. Uh, and last time you were on talking about some cool Cutthroat comic stuff, and you just got a whole bunch of new stuff lined up for 2022. And it's it's actually I got to say, man pretty freaking impressive uh the amount of stuff that you actually are able to complete and put out i mean i know a lot of people and one of them's me and we got lots of ideas and lots of stuff you know lots of lots of pots on the kettle i don't know and they're just hands on the hands, stove top. hands on the on the cook stove and they're just not quite boiling yet but you mm. man you just keep putting them out so that's, uh, that, that's something, honestly, I get told that quite a bit by people that, you know, awesome. people are like, how do you pump out things so quickly? And the answer is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just do. Yeah. You don't ask a tornado why it spins. It just right. does. Yeah. I mean, t- typically I have, you know, a couple projects, you know, I, I will, I'll be writing a novel and a comic at the same time and I'll, you know, just kind of work through them and then jump to the next thing. And, I mean, right now, uh, my last book, Cocaine Stripper Stronghold, came out on Valentine's Day. 
um, appropriately. Cocaine Stronghold sounds like a comeback album for Motley Crue. <laughs> wow, it like, does. Could be. Like 100%. Um, yeah, but that, that came out, and then uh, the Kickstarter uh, at this point started last Friday, and I'm assuming we're fully funded by now, maybe a little bit over. <laughs> we are. We are recording this uh, a little bit before that happens, so it's hard to uh, hard to predict. Yeah. But I'm I'm pretty confident. If you're that confident, I'm I'm yeah. confident that definitely is true. That's kind of I'm I'm, I'm going to do what Jim Jeffries does when when I watch his podcast. He's like, yeah, I was just in this town and it went great. <laughs> so <that's- laughs> right, you just keep on the positivity. You just keep saying it went great. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, that's pretty awesome. So that that uh, most recent Kickstarter you're alluding to is for um, that is for Turkey Sharks number two, correct? Uh, yes, technically, yes. It's called Turkey Sharks one and two because I'm offer offering number one as well. Um, that's just kind of seems what people do when they do okay. Kickstarters for, for a series. They're like, you know, now it's one through six or whatever, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's mainly for issue number two. Cause one is already done. We had that One's Kickstarter. Out. Right. And, uh, have, have you yeah, considered naming it two key sharks? <laughs> like, like, like the number two K like two key sharks. Just uh, have you th- have you thought about it? I, you know, I will from 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 here on till the day I die. I will think about that. <laughs> Josh, I'm glad because it needs to be thought about. You know, it doesn't need to be considered, but it needs to be thought about. And we've done it. Fair enough. <laughs> I think we've thought about that just the right amount. Yeah, for exactly the wrong amount of time. Um, <laughs> so tell us i mean that's that's awesome right like having having the back issue when you do a kickstarter like that that helps a lot to bring people in and you know if they if they got the first issue hey whatever they have an extra one are you doing like an alternate cover for issue one or or how are you going to handle that um so you can get it's uh there are different options on kickstarter so you can if you already have number one you don't have to get it again you can just get issue two okay Um, but there are add-ons where you can get two of the four well, you can get three of the four covers we did for issue one. One of them was a Kickstarter exclusive for that specific Kickstarter. So that's gone. You missed it. Sorry wow. about your luck. Hey, that's, um, that's awesome, though. That's a great incentive. Yep. But now we, we do have a Kickstarter exclusive for issue two as well. Same, it'll be the same deal. You get it now or you don't. So uh, four, four covers for this one. We had four for the last one. You can still get three of those four um, in the add-ons. And uh, yeah, there'll be four for this one. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. So for those of uh, the listening audience, the Retroids who aren't familiar with your work, you, um, if I could encapsulate it for just a little bit and then have you expand, uh, you do superhero books primarily. And, you know, sometimes they're space themed superheroes. Sometimes they're earthbound superheroes. But uh, your, your, your deal is clearly parody. You love to poke fun at the superhero genre. Would I be correct in saying that? That's true. Um, and, and I can't help it. <laughs> it's a sickness. Um, actually, I found, okay, so, so the, the first comic I released under Cutthroat Comics, which is my company, um, was Stingray number one. And I created that character in sixth grade for like a writing contest. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom moved recently and she was like, hey, can you get all your shit out of the basement? Um, that was still there. I'm 40 years old and I still had shit in my mom's basement. But, uh, it's not yeah, just you, buddy. Welcome, welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was looking through it and I found that comic book, that original Stingray comic book. And I was like, well, I'm going to check this out. And I'm reading through it and I haven't changed at all. Like it's the same. <laughs> like, like this is my voice. This is my head voice now. Yeah. 
like the bad guy. So funny at age six. Yep. Yeah, I think I was. Uh, how old was I? Probably like eleven or twelve, something like that. Oh, right, but, sixth grade, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the the bad guys in that they're like hiding in a abandoned warehouse, and they're even the dialogue is like, I can't believe we're in this abandoned warehouse. Like every typical villain ever. Like it's just so stupid. <laughs> it cracked me up. I was like, wow, I'm I'm the same same writer. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty cool. And the uh, so the Stingray books. Um, are the space themed ones. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like your cosmic, you know, your uh, cutthroat cosmic as it were. And right. uh, th- this is visually a really cool looking character. I really like the look of the stingray guy. Um, yep. And I also really like, uh, really dig the look of your alien, your evil alien empire race that you have the SETI. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they are the main villains in the Turkey Sharks. So what you did was you had Stingray, and then I'm not sure what the order was, but you have other titles as well. And you're right. sort of building up your own, you know, shared cutthroat universe. And then the Turkey Sharks was your Avengers, right? Like you're, okay, let's bring them all together and let's do a team book with all the characters that we've already, because you have three issues for each other character pretty much, I believe, right? Right. Yep. We had, we did uh, Stingray one, then we did Pedal Man and Kid Friendly one, and then we did Ginger Avenger one, and then we did issue two of all those and issue three of all those. So nine books. Um, and then Turkey Sharks number one was the 10th book where, uh, yeah, they became my, my Avengers and uh, got together and, and really not only do my comic books tie in together, but my novels all slightly tie in together as well. There are little little uh little teasers and easter eggs in every book i've ever written that uh ties into everything nice right, last time you were saying that there's like locations and and just like some some things are ten or like you know just kind of like a tenuous little connection but then other things are all kind of like feeding in and, and contributing to this one overarching world right. um, and i like that you're not limiting yourself to one medium that fits that it's it's kind of like all your stuff regardless of genre regardless of target audience you're kind of just you know building the nihilist verse and yeah. it's like uh, you know what i like know, the nihilist verse that like sounds that good i like it's, that it, it's cool because i think uh you know i i heard you say on the last episode you know like in in one you know panel of a comic you have like a, a squirrel and the porcelain angel and you know it's like oh these are the nods just for me but yep. there are like you know that there are readers out there and there are fans out there of this kind of crap that are all about that shit and they're and they will totally pick up on that and and like that always always makes you know a writer's style a company's style you know whatever uh just really stand into its own when, when things start becoming like self-referential but also just like you know kind of winking and nodding to other things that it's done it really like it, it kicks it back home to like the the fans the people who are really into it and i think that makes it just infinitely more fun and enjoyable so i i love that that's an aspect of your right. works it's really really cool well, yeah, and that's, I mean, I mean, every time I watch a Marvel movie or a show or a DC movie or show, like, I'm going on YouTube and, and looking for, you know, for videos of the Easter eggs, because, I mean, that's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. fun, man. It's fun. Right. It's it really, fun. yeah, it's entertainment. It's supposed to be fun, and you can add that layer of depth to it, you know, and, yep. and give something for, like you said, the true fans will be like, ah, I see what he did there, and nobody else yep. knows it, but I noticed I noticed. And then that's like such a special moment, right? Like every, every, you know, fan, every nerd 
feels like so proud of themselves when they piece mm-hmm. that stuff together. And I, I love that myself. It's, it's right. just too much fun. And, you know, I mean, it's just, it really is another level. Like you just said it, Josh, you know, it, it's a, it's a whole other, you know, layer to the onion. And it's, it's one of those things, if you do it right, you could not even know, and it will not really, you know, hinder your enjoyment of the thing. It just, it's a one-way street. Your enjoyment will be enhanced if you're, if you're getting all the references, all the in references, but it's not hindered if you've done it well. And I think uh, a really good example of that is uh, in uh, not uh, like, if we want to talk Marvel for one second on, on WandaVision, you had um, what with the agent there, the, the, the guy from Ant-Man showed up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Agent. Uh, I don't remember what his name was, but um, he, he was, uh, he was, you know, just a guy in that story in that in that show in wandavision he was completely just like you you could not think twice about him you could like him or whatever but like you wouldn't like where is this guy from you would never think that but if you happen to remember him from ant-man and then like you were saying you you go and you watch the uh the youtube the breakdown videos and stuff and it's like oh i didn't catch the he was like at his desk practicing the close-up magic tricks that like scott lang did the Paul Rudd's character did in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp and, yep. and like all that stuff is just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Th- that is like, so chef's kiss. That is perfect. And uh, yeah, if, if you didn't get it, it was fine. No problem. But if you get it, Oh man, whole other layer. It's so cool. Yep. It adds, yeah. It adds to it. it. Makes it more fun. Yeah, and it it's more fun for me. Cause right. then I get to go, I get to like, all right, how can I mess with people? And, uh, you know, 100 years from now, after I'm dead, people will be like, oh, did you ever read this one sentence where he mentioned this? I think he's talking about that. And it's like I'm <laughs> dead in the ground going like, hey, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, you know it. <laughs> that's the best, right? Um, so I'm, I was I was looking into uh, into doing I was reading Turkey Sharks volume one. So the Turkey Sharks is first edition. It, it's been out. First volume has been out since how long? Oh, dude! I don't even remember what. Since you were on the show last, uh, I believe that was one of the that was one of the two things you were promoing. You were promoing that oh, yeah. and your. So your, same, uh, same about a year ago. Um. No, I don't think it's even been that. It's uh. I Maybe you it. were working on it, and I was probably uh, working on it because you. you uh, the main thing we talked about was your novel that you yeah. put out at the time. Yeah, Hellscape. Yeah, I moved. I moved houses in July, so it must have been after that. Okay. Uh, I was. August, August or September, I can't remember. So okay. it hasn't been too long. Okay, pretty cool. So, uh, so there's a character. Uh, their name is Tardigrade. Yes, and uh, I, I love this character. Oh, uh, good. I, I feel like it's, it's hilarious reference, and the yep. fact that he's like this, you know, roly poly dude, and just is indestructible. <laughs> it's like, hell yeah, I love yep. this. Um, just putting my two cents in. I hope Tardigrade gets his own book someday. <laughs> uh there will be so that that that's my teen titans team and they're called the rascals and they Perfect. will have their book uh, their their moment in the sun at some point i'm, I'm building towards that and actually okay. that character tardigrade and uh loose cannon tornado kid which was created by my son who is six that's awesome um and then and kid drop, friendly, bear? drop bear <laughs> yep I, well, see, I like i like i like to drop bear I like yep. the because uh, you know if you get it, it's just a koala. That's yep. the uh, that's the colloquialism for a koala. Yeah, yep. 
Yeah, the hair and everything matches. I love it. Yep, I'm uh, excited about them. They're not they're not fully developed yet, but they'll get there. So cool. was that yeah, their first I appearance? I was actually I was wondering if they had shown up somewhere else previously. Uh, they technically Ginger Avenger three would be their first appearance. Um, okay, but this is like their first in action appearance. They had just like a little teaser in Ginger Avenger three. Yeah, gotcha. check out uh, check out the first issue of Turkey Sharks, uh, you know, listeners for for these visuals because uh, this is this is very cool stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited at at the prospect of future characters and things that you're kind of branching off into, and uh, I, I I will I will definitely say you know you have um, some really great art here and some really great color palettes and i i can see a lot of these characters fitting great into like a, a marvel versus capcom style fighting game like yep. it, it just it just looks <laughs> like it. it like i mean this one panel when the when the rascals first show up the bottom frame there oh it, yeah like, that, that looks like an intro panel for yep. like a a, a a capcom fighting yep. game so bad and that's it that's does, what yeah. we were that's what we were going for i can't remember exactly how i wrote you know in the script what i wanted but and I do these really bad storyboards and I kind of had it like that. And then uh, Christiana Reyna, who's the artist on all of my comics, um, save a handful of covers. Um, that dude, I can tell you, I can tell you, he is, he's fantastic. And he, even from Stingray one until now, I was just telling somebody at a con yesterday, I was like, you know, if you read Stingray, Stingray one, you'd be like, yeah, this is all right. And then, but as it gets through those nine, nine, 10 books now, like you're going to see me get better. And you're going to see his art get better. I mean, and he's he's a monster. He is so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love the art. The art's great. Um, And I agree. I think the coloring is fantastic. Does he do the coloring as well? Yeah, he does it all. Lettering, everything. Yeah. That one particular frame has really, like, such a strong 80s, you know, neon aesthetic. Like, so much pink. Right, purpley, you know. Yep. It's uh it is it is awesome. Yeah, really great stuff on display in that first issue. So I can't wait for the second one. So so I actually am having a hard time finding the Kickstarter for volume two. So how so how can how can we find it? Well, because uh, when we're recording this, it's not live yet. Right. But gotcha. uh, it will be. There's there's a like a preview page that I can share links to, but you can't actually search it. Perfect. But, so uh, it should be it should be no problem. Like you have yeah. uh you know you have cutthroat comics as a uh, an entity on Kickstarter. Is that how people could you know look for it the the easiest? Uh, it's actually under my name, but if you just type in the search bar Turkey Sharks, it, it should pop up. It's it's called Turkey Sharks One and Two, like the number one and mm-hmm. and yep. Andy Two. It, it'll pop up, and there'll be links uh, on our website, all all of our socials. I mean, it, it's it shouldn't be hard to find. Right, cut Perfect. cutthroat comics. Dot com cutthroat comics yeah. just one word yep uh no www just cutthroatcomics.com uh very cool looking website very easy to navigate very easy to purchase lots mm-hmm. of really attractive looking covers as, as you scroll down you're just going to want everything um which is a it's a good problem to have um pretty cool um yeah i i just wanted to shout out a little a little character he's only in the uh I think he's only on like two pages of uh, Turkey Sharks one, but I really think he's, he's probably my favorite character besides, oh, I do like the bad guys. I do really enjoy the setting. They're, they're, I, I mean, I just love monsters. They're like these crab, crab guys. They're just really, really cool. But um, I love this drunken homeless robot Zebo. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, love he, I love him too. He's awesome. What is his deal? 
because I don't know uh, anything more than what's here, and I'm clearly missing stuff. So he is he's in issue two. He's gonna be he's a fun character to write. Um, but uh, he uh, I was behind this truck one day for my real job. I drive a lot, and on the back of this like truck, it was like a cement truck or something like that. It had like a, a panel, you know, where you control all the controls or whatever, and it looked like a robot was like welded to the back of the truck and i thought it was so funny i took a picture of it and i put it on snapchat and uh a little bit later i got a, a message from one of my buddies and and i forget what he said but we were laughing about it going back and forth and it ended up i named it zebo the drunk homeless robot and then i was like i'm doing it and i told him that i was like dude i'm doing it my next comic watch and sure enough so there he is but he he is. Talks, oh, yeah yeah he talks like a 50s like style like uh uh, what I want to say, like a, like, like hey, he, listen, fellas, I didn't mean it. Like, yeah, you know, he's like, like a, a like a gangster kind of. Yeah, like he's that. like the lackey, like the gangster sidekick kind of. And he's like, oh, gee, fellas, or like, like leave it to Beaver style. Like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just goofing, you know. Come yeah. on, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> he always says funny. like Zeep Zork is in there. Like it's just yeah. so so stupid, and he gets <laughs> Zeep Zork. I'm homeless. Yeah, this is catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could maybe go on a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I love, I love those. Uh, I love that. And I love the aliens. The, uh, so uh, the SETI, uh, is this, is this like a bastardization of spermaceti? Is that the word you were taking that from? Or where did you come up with that name? Uh, no, when I, when I was writing Stingray number one, you know, I, I like science and stuff and I listen yeah, to science. We like science. Yeah. But I did some research, you know, and I was like, all right, let me find, an actual planet that exists that, you know, could have life. Like it's in the uh, habitable zone or whatever okay. star it's around. And uh, one I came up with or found was Tau Ceti E. And I was like, that sounds cool. You know, that sounds like a cool name for a planet. So they're the Ceti C E T I. And they're from Tau Ceti E. And that's in Stingray. That's where he gets kidnapped and taken. And uh, we just roll with that. It's just, I don't know. It sounded when I was like the SETI are coming, you know, it just sounded cool. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just so funny. I was so wrong. Like, it, you know, I'm thinking like lowbrow humor <laughs> is where my brain is. It's not like really like well-researched actual Josh astronomy. Is a smart friggin' guy. I didn't say he wasn't a smart friggin' guy. I'm just saying that I was in the realm of the lowbrow humor. So I'm like, yeah, whale head jizz yep. is probably what he's going for with that I mean, word. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, uh, you know, when you're writing books and comics and stuff like that, that's another thing that people don't really think about. You have no idea how much stuff I've had to research because I, I want to try to get it as accurate as I can, mm -hmm. you know. So when I was writing uh, like Ginger Avenger 2, I had to look up all of this Nazi stuff. And I was just like, if the FBI looks at my computer, like I'm going to jail. <laughs> this is so suspicious. Yeah. Amish. When I was writing Blasphemer, I looked up all this. I, I watched so many videos on Amish people and all that. I mean, it's just you alluded that you alluded that Blasphemer uh, in the last episode. He holds up this this magic wood. Yep. Can you elaborate on the magic wood? Uh, yeah. So his origin is in Pedoman and Kid Friendly Three. I think is where that's at. And uh, ultimately, what happens is he's like a little kid and he's working and a tornado storm comes through and destroys the church in his little Amish town. And he goes in and there's this one piece of wood that's like glowing because it, it is lightning struck it and everything too. 
and he holds it up like He-Man, and all of a sudden he becomes this big, muscular, like gay Amish superhero named Blasphemer. That's amazing. Yeah, That's but any anytime he changes, it goes zippy doo, and uh, <laughs> then he has his horse and buggy, and his his horse turns into a unicorn, and his buggy gets gets all fancy and stuff, and uh, his horse's name is Harvey after Harvey Milk. So, ah, yes, yeah, yeah. So he's away, Harvey. It's, it's just so stupid. Onward, <laughs> Harvey. Away. That's, uh, that's intense. Holy yeah. shit. I need to see that with my own eyes. Uh, well, you uh, can. Uh, you, I will, you can I will pick up the to, issue. I want to dive into some ginger, ginger, ginger Avenger 3. Ginger Avenger uh, This was Pedo Man and Kid Friendly 3 was that oh, one. Ginger oh, Pedo Man and Kid the, Friendly 3. The Rascals versus That's hard, right, the Rascals. It's hard keeping them all straight. God, you just got so freaking The Nealus verse is so... It's diverse. vast. Jesus, you're getting our you're getting our that, head spinning, but you're getting us excited about it. That well, name's that name's gonna stick. The Neil's first. I'm gonna have to remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little verbose, but I think it works. I don't know if you can remember uh, the first part of that. I mean, it's it's just a random name. It's a random it's a, alien race yeah, based the, on yeah, some you know, planet. I don't even know where where it came up with that. I don't know. I don't know. I have these strokes of genius, um, but sometimes I just have these strokes. Like uh, they balance out. Like the 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 Tukey sharks was just a stroke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like probably should have stopped recording, but kept going. It's okay. We're gonna and power then, through. We're gonna power, power through. through. Power through. Um, so so tell us, Josh, about this um, this book which you've titled like a reunion album for Motley Crew. Uh, oh, we're talking cocaine stripper stronghold, huh? Cocaine stripper stronghold. So, um, you ever like you wake up in the morning and you look at your alarm clock and you got like five minutes still, so you go back to sleep and sometimes for whatever reason you'll hit like a dream real quick. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and, and then my alarm went started going off or whatever, and for whatever reason, as I'm waking up coming out of that tunnel somebody in my dream, some guy was yelling at me, cocaine stripper stronghold. And he just kept yelling it. And I woke up and I was like, what the hell was that? And I was like, (laughs) throughout the day I was thinking about it. And I was like, I was like, all right, that's a funny name. I was like, am I supposed to do something with that? What is it though? What what could a cocaine stripper stronghold be? Yeah, And what is a cocaine stripper? Yeah. Just over the course of, uh, about an hour or so I had like a general concept for it. And so I sat down and wrote it and it's a, uh, it's a post-apocalyptic Western, which I've never done a Western anything. Cause I'm not even a big Western fan mm. um, centered around a brothel and zombie businessmen and biker gangs attack the brothel because both of those groups of people like cocaine and they like strippers. And, and they've uh, found themselves. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. So, and it's like I said, it's post-apocalyptic. So the world has ended, hmm. and uh, so the the strippers were ready. They were ready to defend their home. So see, I so I read cocaine gotcha. stripper with the hyphen, right? right. So that so so the cocaine stripper makes me go, all right. Is this a is this a pile of cocaine that is stripping for money, or is it a cocaine stripper, as in a stripper that gets paid in cocaine, mm-hmm. or am I overthinking it? And it really is just, it sounds pretty cool. You are on the right track with the second one. Oh, gotcha. I don't want to give too much away, but you're on the right track okay. with that. Okay. 
All right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome how you got the name. Like the the riding by the seat of your pants, like just where your brain has taken you in, in like that that minute or two of, of dreaming, you know, right right after waking up. I totally agree. I have the craziest damn dreams in that like little, you know, five minute nugget uh, where I'm like, you know, just trying to get, you know, five more minutes. Um, and that's awesome. That's like such an inspiring way to, to, to come up with something rather than agonizing over like, you know, I, I need to make it bit better. I need to make it perfect. You're like, no, this is what was being said to me by this dude in my dream. And I, right. and your brain literally wouldn't drop it. Uh, it sounds like the way you told that story, your brain was just like yelling at you over and over yeah, oh, he was and yelling. over. Yeah, he was legit yelling. You're like, me. okay, fine. Okay, strip a Okay, strip a stronghold. You're like, I'm hearing you. That's legit how it was, man. And and a lot of my ideas have come from dreams. You just, you know, it's uh, there's like a there's like a thing that people talk about a lot of geniuses and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a genius, but a lot of like Einstein and uh, the gravity guy, you know, fig Newton. Uh, right. Jurassic <laughs> like, fig. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy that you preface this by saying I'm not a genius because if you, if you, I'm not saying you're not, but if you had, if you hadn't said that caveat and right. then said fig Newton, the gravity guy, yeah, you know who I'm talking. You about. know, I think I think that Fig Newton, the Gravity Guy, sounds like a character in the Neilisverse. <laughs> oh fuck, it really does. Um, oh my god, is that going to be your educational program? Yeah, like like your Bill Nye the Science Guy kind of. But uh, yeah, what they say is those guys, you know, they were struggling with their breakthroughs, and then they went to sleep, and they, you know, they were thinking about it before they went to sleep, and then they woke up with the idea. Uh, Yesterday by the Beatles was written that way. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Paul, Paul McCartney woke up in the middle of the night, walked over to his piano and started playing it and remembered it. And uh, so when I learned that years ago, I really started paying attention to my dreams and, and thinking about them. And there are some awful ideas. I'm not going to lie. There have been some stinkers in there. But uh, yeah, when you pay attention to that, you find gold sometimes, too. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. You never know. <clears throat> I think that's really cool, man. Um, it's just the subconscious versus, you know, the, the waking mind. Mm -hmm. It's the same brain. You're still you're still putting out ideas, and yeah. it's, it's it's cool stuff. <clears throat> so so that is uh, that's you know, cocaine stri stripper stronghold. It's just kind of hard for me to say. It's a little bit of a tongue twister for me. Co cocaine stripper stronghold. It's not that hard. Uh, is a novel not a comic book so is this your second novel after hellscape or have you done other novels oh geez um i think i wrote because i i do a children's book series as well i think i wrote hellscape which was also based off a dream um and then i wrote judy and her big stupid bully i think after that i'm pretty sure okay so you were you were about to work on that the last time we had you on so that's right out now okay right. Yeah, so then I did that, which that took like a month. I wrote that. I mean, it's it's a short book. Um, and then I, then I wrote Cocaine Stripper Stronghold. And, and now I think I was talking to Steve earlier today. I have several projects that I want to do. I just got to pick which one I want to go with next. I, I haven't quite picked one yet. So so what's a, a standard amount of time for you to spend on, you know, a given thing? Do, do, do you try to 
keep it into a time frame or do you find that certain things have just you know it, it takes as long as it takes and this one took you twice as long as every other one for some reason uh, what what's your general like what's the workman side of this like for you yeah it, it just kind of depends like my first book uh stuff squirrels and porcelain angels i think that took me 10 months uh the okay. sequel for that uh which is called bereavement i think it took me about the same amount of time um hellscape took two years but that's a very deep book there's a lot going on in that one it's very detailed uh cocaine stripper stronghold only took me a handful of months i think because i just sat down and knocked it out but what i do like when i start a project um i'll start light as in it'll be like 400 words a day and then when i get halfway i'll up it to five or six hundred words and then when i get Real close to the end, it's like a thousand words a day, just knocking it out. And what I do is I will read what I wrote the day before, fix it as far as like grammar and punctuation, mm -hmm. but also add to it and beef it up with more uh, details and jokes, depending on what it is and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it just, I just keep overlapping and building the story. Um, then of course, when you're done, you go and you read it a couple times and make sure everything is cohesive and, and all that. And then, then it's done. That's awesome. That's so focused <laughs> and yeah. disciplined, frankly. Yeah. That's well, and that's what it takes. You know, if you're going to, you know, like I said, I, I pump out a lot of work, uh, compared to a lot of people there, there are people that, you know, I know from doing the comic cons and stuff and they're like, Oh, I'm an artist and creator. And it's like, bud, you ain't made anything in like six years. Like, and that's fine. Everybody works on their different speeds and stuff. But I mean, I've been doing this almost seven years and what I'm on comic book, uh, 11 or 12. And my, I think cocaine stripper stronghold is like my 10th or 11th novel or something like that. I don't even remember. I've, I've lost count, you know? Oh, so you have a ton of novels. Oh, oh I yeah. see. Okay. I was thinking that it was primarily the comics and that you did an occasional novel. You've actually done as many novels. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, uh, Stuff Scrolls and Porcelain Angels, then in Bereavement, uh, two books of short stories and poems, two Judy books, a self-help, Hellscape, Cocaine Stripper Stronghold. I think that's it. Yeah. It's like, yeah so that's like almost eight, eight or nine. Yes, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very cool. You know, I had seen that, that self-help book. Um, very interesting. Very different in the the pantheon. What what was the genesis of that? Uh, well, I I went through a very bad divorce, and uh, we had been together for a long time. And I found because I'm fairly public about most things, you know, I don't give away all my secrets, but I talk about the shit that's bothering me and 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 the things I conclude <laughs> in my daily life on on Facebook and stuff because it helps people. And people know that. So people would get a hold of me and say like, Hey, you know, I'm going through a divorce now, you know, and I would talk to him about it. And I was like, why don't I just write a book? So that's what I did. Um, you know, I, it's about coping and, but it's also about like how to sell and buy your house and how to manage your budget. And, and uh, there's also a section on like how to get back into dating um, after being in a long term. So it, it, it doesn't sell a lot because it's a very niche book, but, uh, and part of the proceeds of that one go to uh, a nonprofit here in town that helps people coming out of abusive relationships. So mm -hmm. I wanted to do some good mm -hmm. 
And uh, I'm very, I'm a, I'm a pretty positive person. I'm always looking to turn the negative things into a positive because I feel that if you can do that, then the bad things that happen to you aren't as bad. Like it makes yes. it worth right. going through. Um, so that's why I wrote that book. And, and I still, to this day, people get a hold of me all the time from, from every part of my life, you know, for me knowing them. And they're like, you know, dude, I'm changing jobs. Like, is this a good idea? You know, and I'm not a therapist or anything like that, but I think people know that I'm not going to bullshit them and I'm going to tell them straight, like, this is what I think you should do. You know, you make your own decision, but you know, stay positive. Right. 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 Yeah. So that's single again, a guide to a new beginning. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's very admirable to, uh, to donate some of the proceeds to, uh, to open arms there. I mean, uh, I, I think that it's tough for people to admit that they need, you know, help from a self-help book like that. But I think that is, uh, a really great, you know, mantra that you have, Josh, and, and just kind of trying to turn around a negative and, and kind of make it your own in a way and say, you know, I'm not going to let it defeat me. I'm just going to try and flip it around and, and try and, you know, grow and, and whatever. Um, and then pass awesome. that along. Right. Right. You know, and, and it's, help it's other people going right. through the same thing who maybe don't have it figured out. Right. It's always important to learn from your own life experiences and to turn a negative into a positive, but it's, <laughs> A whole nother thing to say, you know, I'm going to try to help other people with that same knowledge. So it's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and that was, that was a dark time. I was, I was not myself. I was legit. Like I probably could have been committed for the first month or so. Like it was, it was yeah. not good. It was, you know, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but mm-hmm. you know, it was bad. It was, it was right. real bad. So hmm. well, good for you for making it out on the other. Well, side. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I'm sure writing this book was therapy as well. So yeah, it's a, a little, a little. I've been thinking about like doing a second version of it to f- fix things and, and all that, but I just, I don't know. I haven't yet. Well, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Anyway. Clearly, clearly you do exactly at any given time what you want to be doing, which is really cool. So it's right. w- what that's done is given you a catalog that is very, very diverse for all sorts of different audiences and age groups and, um, and of course, you have this. This is just one self-help book, and in, in the midst of it all, of all that craziness and all the crazy superhero comics and stuff, really, uh, it's really admirable. I love it when people uh, are able to just follow their muse and and throw caution to the wind, and they they don't worry about it. You know, there are plenty of people that would say, especially traditionally published authors back in the day, before there was any other way to be <laughs> published, really. Um, you know, if you wanted to uh, do something vastly different from the books you were already putting out, you had to come up with a pseudonym yep. because you were going to just confuse your readers. They wouldn't understand, um, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's just not the case today. Um, and a lot of authors, you know, self-publish and, and do all the stuff that, that they want to do because whatever that, you know, if, Obviously, the goal is to sell books and to get your stuff in other people's hands, but it's it's hard to be, you know, uh, taking the route that we're taking right now and to become Stephen King. You know, that's right. probably not going to happen. It could happen, but, you know, it's it's it's, it's pretty unlikely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, you know, so so we you know, you might as well do what you want to do. Right. If you're right. your own boss. Yeah, I, I own the publishing company, so I do whatever the hell I want. And and that's kind of how I am like sort of in life, like when I was doing research to start this company and, 
and be a writer, like transition from a musician to a movie reviewer guy and then now into being writer publisher, just exactly what you said. People online were like, in, you know, some of the articles and stuff, you know, they were like, stick to one genre and build your fan base there and, and all that. And I was like, why? Why? Why do you have to do that? It's like, write whatever you want. Like, who cares? You know, if somebody, like, I don't know, some fan is like, oh, you know, I only like the romance parts that you like. It's like, cool. Well, other people might like the raunchy stuff or the comedy or the hellscape stuff or the comics. Like, I want people to walk up to my table at a Comic-Con or go on my website and find something for them um, yeah. so that I can, you know, impart my tremendous wisdom and genius upon them. <laughs> Tell them, tell them all about the Fig Newton guy. Yep. <laughs> the gravity guy, right? The gravity feller. Fig, Fig Newton, the gravity guy. Um, he's got he's got to be at least like a like a minor villain. He's got to show up. Well, right. and I got into a small debate on Facebook, which I I almost never do these days. Uh, there was like a post going around where this guy had written a psychology paper on like Mario or something. Okay. And the professor, you know, did their little red ink all over it, just tore this guy up. And I I had comment on it and I said, the teacher is the problem with this, you know, because the guy was injecting like his own personality into it and, and stuff. And the teacher was of course, you know, remove all the remove all that. And I hate that. Like I get that you're trying to get a grade and there's a way to write papers, but fuck that. Like, why? Why can't a paper be informative and humorous at the same time? And uh, that's kind of how we are at Cutthroat Comics, man. We're going we're gonna to do it how we want to do it. And if you don't like it, go read the New York Times or <laughs> Wall Street Journal or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, you know, keep your voice. You know, maintain your voice. Don't compromise your voice right. at all. And uh, <clears throat> I think that the, the wide body of works that you have at Cutthroat is, is a huge appeal uh, you know, I mean, you, I know you don't have like a whole ton in the, in the specifically horror spectrum, but like looking at Carl Vincent, vampire hunter, like, you know, that's something that would fit right in at a horror con. Whereas you could, you know, you could have a table there and then you could just also be like, well, pull you in with, you know, with a, and then you might see some other stuff and then, oh, okay, we'll turn. So these other flavors of our work is, is appealing and, and whatever. Yeah. I mean, um, people, people are fluid, you know, they don't, you know, when yeah. you ask, like, even on the dating apps, you're like, oh, what kind of movies do you like? They're not going to be like, oh, I only watch, you know, yeah, Batman movies. You know, uh -huh. it's like, like, you know, like, people like all <laughs> kinds Specifically, of Specifically, I have like I know, nine movies I really Batman. like. Just Batman. That's right. all. I it's only like, watch ask you... movies with Paul Giamatti. That's yep. it. <laughs> it's uh, Paul Giamatti is, is it? It's Sideways. It's uh, Big Fat Liar. It's uh, a technical. Amazing yep. Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Technically, yeah. the uh, Tim Burton Planet of the Apes uh, is in there. That's one of the ones I can watch, uh, for better or worse. Um, yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, so you know, talking about this, you know, continuing the the idea of do you or do you not be yourself unabashedly you and just publish whatever the hell you want and write whatever the hell you want, uh, because you're saying absolutely yes, do that and. We're saying there's other people that think that that you know other school of school of thought says no that you're going to confuse your readers and they only want one thing and you know whatever. Um, I mean, so for me, I had previously only done 
horror. I had done two horror novels that were vampires. And then I did every published short story that I've ever had published has been horror. And they're all like, you know, they end badly. They like every, I can't write a short story that has a happy ending. It's I, I do not have it in me. Um, and, um, and then I decided I wanted to do like a fantasy book. So, you know, just this past week, my, uh, my novel from 2021, Mark of the Witchworm had its, had its one year birthday. And that was like a, a question, you know, it was, that was a question that I asked myself, is this something that is a smart move? Am I going to be kind of pausing my horror career to do this? Um, and uh, in the end, you know, I decided, you know, as I want to keep it dark anyway, so it's kind of adjacent and stuff. But, um, but yeah, that that it is a very interesting question that I think that a lot of um, up and coming authors and people who are just trying to break into it and trying to find what 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 is this career that I'm trying to build, career or hobby or side gig or whatever it is for you, what is that going to look like? What should it look like? And it really is, I think, at the end of the day, a question that you have to answer for yourself. And you can you can be informed by other people and you can do what other people do. You can ask questions and, and take advice. But I really think you really just got to do what's right for you and you'll find the right answer for yourself, you know? Right. And, you know, and if somebody if they want to stick to one genre, hey, go go for it, you know. But for me, it's I'm going to. Cool. in everything yeah, oh, yeah. i you know like we talked about i don't just oh, yeah. like comics you know i like toys and i like cartoons and movies it's like i'm gonna do a little bit of everything you know and you know humor is a big part of most of my things uh hellscape is not so much humorous although there's a little bit but and cocaine stripper stronghold is just one big nc17 just <laughs> raunchy idiot fest <laughs> so you know it's uh it's all over the place yeah. So, so speaking of of uh, being into action figures and stuff, have you looked into any possibility of making merch like toys or anything for your characters? Oh, uh, that a ways to. out. Yeah, I would love to. That's expensive at this point. I mean, right. really, I, I know a few people that have some some figures of their stuff, and they're they're expensive to sell. For me, I want my stuff to be affordable. Uh, not Fair. just for me to buy, but yep. for people to purchase from me, you know, because I got to be approachable, right? People can't yeah. be like stuck behind this big paywall of, oh, it's this collector's fee and all this crap right. that goes into it. Yep. You know, when I get there, you know, and, and we can do it, you know, so if I can make a figure and sell it for 20 bucks, I would do that, you know, if I could. But I don't that's not feasible at this point. And and really, I mean, it, it's tough even making comics and books and stuff. It's there's really not that much markup on it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I could probably raise my prices, but I don't want to, I want people to buy my stuff. Uh, I'm of the theory that I would rather sell a thousand books and make a dollar off each than sell, you know, 500 books and make, you know, more than that or whatever. I'd rather sell more and make less. Mm-hmm. Right. I exactly. Want people, I want people reading my stuff and, and, right. and recognizing right. the brand and all that. Your books in people's hands, you know, that's the right. key here. And, you know, if the profit's a dollar on every issue instead of, you know, $15, then right. whatever it's, it's the, dis, it's, you know, getting the, the word out and, and just getting the stories out there. Right. I do this because ultimately, you know, I'm an artist to begin with. And if your art isn't making it into the zeitgeist, then, mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, it's, it's not cool. I have a little saying that I tell people sometimes that goes, uh, the greatest book ever written was only ever read by the guy who wrote it. (laughs) You know, because that person didn't put the work in to make it pop, to get it out into the world, you know, and you see that a lot with super talented musicians and all that. It's like, dude, you're like, you know, the best guitarist I've ever met in my life. And you're sitting on your couch, like smoking weed, doing nothing, like do something with it. Don't waste that talent. Get out there and show the world what you can do. Yeah. And also like, don't worry about being perfect. Like, don't worry about writing the best story ever written. Cause that doesn't matter. That's like, that's not even a thing actually. Like there is no best story or best album or best guitar player. You know, it's like everyone is subjectively good or bad and, and appreciated in different ways by different people. So if you're a creative, you know, in any regard, like don't worry about, is it, is it perfect, but just work on doing it and work on accomplishing it and putting stuff out there and, you know, just keep doing. The problem is, is if you write one thing and then you're disappointed in it and then you never write again, the better way is to put something out. If it's not perfect, that's okay. Use what you learned. Keep going, you know, yeah. and, uh, and that's, that's definitely a hard mantra to, to swallow. I think that's hard for, for myself as a musician. I'm sure for, you know, you guys as writers and stuff, but yeah, it's, it's pretty core. It's quintessential to that process and to keeping you from just kind of going insane, agonizing over certain stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to get a song or a book. Perfect. Just get it as good as you can and throw it out there. Yeah. You know, it's like that old old saying work is uh, art is never finished. It's just abandoned. (laughs) Yep. It's just the way it is. Um, So one, one thing that you have going on, we haven't touched upon yet uh, is you do have a second Kickstarter that was already going on. And this is for a book called Tales of Shock and Terror, issue number one. And I know that this is a book that you are just publishing. You haven't, you don't have any actual writing in this. Do you want to, uh, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, I suppose I, they probably would appreciate me talking about the book that I'm publishing for them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I edited it like, you know, I went through and read their stories and helped them get them just right and all that. Um, and I've helped them through the Kickstarter process, but I'm really proud of those guys. Um, it's three short horror stories in comic form that was drawn all by hand by Drew Moreland. Um, and, uh, there's four covers on the Kickstarter. It was fully funded. I think in, did they get it in under a day? I think they got it in under a day. It was fully funded. I think they're like 250% funded at the time we're recording this. So they're doing really good. I'm really proud of it. Um, They've unlocked a couple stretch goals. One of them is where I sign it. Uh, I go and I will sign the book. Um, and you get uh, Turkey Sharks number one, a digital copy for free with it right now. I mean, so they're doing good. Nice. Um, nice. But it's 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 a cool book and it's something uh, different for Cutthroat Comics. You know, it's, yeah. it's the second thing that we're putting out that I didn't make specifically. And uh, it's just another thing we're going to we're going to do you know what we want and whatever genre we want to do. And it's, it's a, a fresh taste that will be on my table at the cons and on the website. Yeah. Cause this looks like pure horror. I mean, very looks oh, yeah. like splattery, you know, gory blood fest. Splatter punk. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. It's cool. It came out cool. Nice. Very, very cool. cool. That's awesome to add to your publishing, uh, you know, 
clout. Right. Just keep keep those different projects coming. And those are honestly great because it builds your brand without you having to make an entire thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is probably cool. Yep. Yeah, I helped them uh, with some graphics and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I edited it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's this is why I started this company. This is what I wanted to yep. do was, you know, learn it myself and then help yeah. other people reach, you know, get their stuff out there, man. Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah being, a, being a resource for other people in the same yep. boat. Yeah. Uh, All right. The coolest. Well, you know, hey, man, we, we've been talking for almost an hour now about uh, about your stuff. It's some, you know, just an awesome amount of stuff that you have. And, you know, coming out this year, you have uh, obviously you're publishing the one we, we were just talking about, Tales of Shock and Terror. Uh, you have Turkey Sharks 1 and 2, but Turkey Sharks New is the new one. But that's obviously Kickstarter is up right now. Definitely everybody should check that out. Check out your comics and your newest novel, Cocaine Stripper Stronghold. I said it correctly. Um, good job. Awesome. Well, thanks. Was that a good job for me? Because I said it right or a good job for Josh? No, yeah, it was, was a good, good job another. for you for saying it right. I mean, good oh. job, Josh. You oh, did cool. a, a good amount of the work here, but you know, good oh, job, thanks. Stevie. Oh, thanks, man. No, I'll take that. I'll take that. Very cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, is there anything else you want to kind of get into with your body of work for for the foreseeable future here, or do you want to like uh, pivot and talk about some like retro stuff at the end now, or what, what are you feeling? Yeah, we can talk some retro stuff. Um, I mean, as far as what's coming for Cutthroat Comics, you know. I'm either going to write Hellscape sequel or a Judy sequel. I might do a short story and poem, uh, another You'd Be Surprised. I, I haven't decided yet. And then, of course, there will be at some point a Turkey Sharks 3 and, and so on. So Nice. Are uh, you planning on doing issues like four for all of your series? or just? Uh, I think I'm not sure. I, I haven't quite decided yet because I do want to do Rascals at some point. But I got to build those characters so they can stand on their own two feet first. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I, I have, we'll I, see. Whichever so way the wind blows. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I, I love I love all this stuff. And I love that you're uh, so tenacious and you st- you've stuck with it. And like I said, you know, hey, uh, I know a lot of people are putting stuff out, me included. And, you know, we can't touch your your output. This is a lot of stuff. So good for you, man. Awesome. Oh, thank you. I um, it. No problem. No problem. Well, let's talk. Let's talk toys. Yeah. So <laughs> we had a, we had a kind of a random sort of unplanned interaction recently where um, I was, I was going through some, some old toys that I had uh, actually from my mom's house. Uh, you were saying you're 40 <laughs> and stuff at your mom's house. Now this stuff to be fair has been out of my mom's house for about five years and it's been in my attic, but um I, I kind of was like going through stuff and we we're kind of renovating the space and we had to like, you know, pull stuff down, pull stuff out of the attic, all this, whatever. I'm like, all right, let's go through this. What What's even up here? I don't even know what's up here. And one of the boxes, um, I well, so as I was going that day on the Retro Octopus group, I was just kind of posting some pictures and uh, there was some stuff that you responded to and you're like, oh, I need this. And then, so I, 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 just messaged you i'm like well you can you can like buy it (laughs) it's for sale if you want it um so what let's tell the audience so i'll let you let you tell the audience what what did you what did you end up uh nabbing from from my my attic yeah i mean i saw that post and uh 
I have on my fridge, I have a piece of paper with all the comic books that I want to buy. And then I also have a piece of paper with all the vintage toys that I want to buy with, you know, each, each, uh, you know, like it says Thundercats and it has all their names and, and I cross them out as I get them and stuff. And, uh, <coughs> Bless you. Bless you. Ah. but yeah, you posted some Teddy Ruxman stuff <laughs> and, uh, not all of it was on my list. And there was a couple things I'd never even seen before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought you were posting pictures and then of course you were like, Hey, you want to buy it? And I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> uh, so we, we came to what I would consider probably one of the best deals I've ever gotten in my entire mm-hmm. life on anything. There you go. And, uh, they are comfortably in my house now. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Ruxpin is, I think it's one of those weird I don't want to call it a flash in the pan because it truly was out for about three years where it was pretty very, it was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably 85 to 87, I would say. Um, and it, it started out as a toy and everybody like kids today, for sure. My kids, when they see the toy, cause I still have the toys themselves. You just didn't want those, but like I have, well, I think you have some already. I already have them. Yeah. You have the- so it's basically for those people who don't know, or might not remember Teddy Ruxpin was a uh, a tape player that was shaped like a teddy bear, right? That's pretty much what it is. And yep. there are, you know, mechanisms in there. And, you know, his mouth moves as the tape plays. And you're supposed to only play Teddy. I think he only played Teddy Ruxpin tape somehow. I don't know how that worked, no. but. No, you could put other stuff in it. You could put other. Okay. Yeah. But he would, he would. His mouth would move along with his voice in the and tape his eyes would blink and, and his too. eyes would blink. So like, it's so interesting cool. because it was all about just uh, telling a story. And so the initial run of what is Teddy Ruxpin was this Teddy Ruxpin toy. And they uh, sold uh, storybooks that are just awesome. I have, um, I don't know, 10 or 11 of them still. And um, really just beautiful gorgeous kids books honestly like to this day it's amazing to me how top-notch they were because they probably didn't need to be that nice you're really buying them for the tape and the whole you know the whole teddy ruxpin thing just the the gimmick of it you know yeah, um the gimmick right. of it yep, nice. yeah the, the newton gimmick yes the fig the fig newton, the fig gimmick, newton gimmick guy <laughs> <laughs> that's right he's the he's the airship guy um it's all connected yeah, it all comes back to figs. We just yep. love figs. That's all. That's all we're really trying to say here. We love figs. The fig verse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, then they they kind of expanded it. So awesome books, awesome, and the tapes read the book. So you, it'll tell you when to turn the page. There's like a magical chime sound effect that tells you when to turn the page, and it's great. But the, but the the stories were uh they're narrated by teddy but they're also you know they feature a full cast so they're they're acted out there it's a it's a drama it's like a radio play and um later they came up with another mechanized version of one of the characters his his best friend grubby and grubby um he's basically like a caterpillar centaur that's what he is he's a caterpillar centaur there's no better way to say that. I, I'm I'm confident, um, and he's big. He's awesome. I loved Grubby. 
Right. He's bear-sized. <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he's really yeah. big. He really. He's yeah. as tall as Teddy, and he's much longer because he's a he's a caterpillar centaur, as we've covered. Um, yep. And so Grubby would connect with a uh, cord to Teddy. So it would know what tape you were playing. Grubby didn't play him play tapes himself. He would just connect. And of course, you know, they both took like a, an obscene amount of D batteries. Of course oh, they yeah. did. Just jamming oh, yeah. D batteries. Um, and, uh, and Grubby would do the same thing Teddy would with his parts. So when he would come up in the story and he would say something, his mouth would move, his eyes would blink. And it was just this magical. Uh, it's pretty magical still. Like that's very cool. When you think about it, you know, because it came out in, in the mid 80s, it's like it's very advanced for yeah, you yeah. Know, for the time you would think. It's like this it was like groundbreaking, I think. I think so too. I I I literally adored Teddy Ruxpin. Oh, I did too. I and, lived in Germany when that came out and I had a I had a Teddy and uh awesome. I always wanted a grubby. I, I remember my mom would take me to whatever weird little grocery store or something by our house we would walk there and i remember just one time seeing teddy up on the very top shelf you know because i was four or five or something mm-hmm. and i wanted it so bad and i never got it and of course now i have one but mm-hmm. uh that's just a, a small memory i have from you know being that young yeah it's funny it's funny that uh, you know no matter how many things you you had you, you sort of tend to as an adult sort of remember the things you didn't have uh, mm-hmm. that you never got. And for me, it's always been the, like, I never had a Voltron. I always wanted a big Voltron. I just oh, never, had, yeah. never had one. Um, they were expensive and I get it, you know, totally. But, but so Teddy, like, you know, big, awesome, very innovative toy. Uh, and I would, I just would play the same tapes over and over read the books over and over and then you'd read the books by themselves sometimes and it really sort of fostered this love of books love of reading love of stories and um i'm going to add one more thing onto that which is the love of adventure and this is um if there is a through line for my personal books because i mentioned horror dark fantasy whatever i ever i've actually done uh western stuff i've done a few uh horror western stories weird westerns the everything i'm i'm very concerned with the sense of adventure is there and this you know it's funny because i just only a few days before this i posted this huge post in the retro octopus group about the new ducktales show and uh i was and everything i said is true I, i love the new disney plus ducktales it's just it's just ended had three three seasons, 75 episodes, awesome show. And I was saying that the first DuckTales is probably why I love adventure so much. It was a pervasive world. There were uh, characters that would recur, villains that would recur. Um, there wasn't a whole ton of pervasive, like, like this decision was felt in other episodes with DuckTales. There was kind of the, the episodes were more standalone than that, but you still, thing, yeah. yeah, but you still right. had like a feeling of a world. And then when Darkwing Duck came around and you're like, Oh, well he's in St. Canard and that's next to Duckburg. And they would mention Duckburg and we had Launchpad crossover and then they would have Gizmo Duck crossover. And, yep. and it's just this big, the sense of this world. And I just loved it, even though it was very, you know, for kids, it really was just something different and something special. Um, and honestly, 
I, I just forget all about Teddy Ruxpin, but there was this, there was a cartoon show. So yep. the cartoon show actually premiered in 86, which is one year before DuckTales. DuckTales is 87. So the adventures of Teddy Ruxpin, which has just a phenomenal opening, the theme song and just the opening itself is just yep. am- amazingly good. Um, go look it up on YouTube. This, this show, um, more than DuckTales had like it, it was serialized. It had arcs. It had one big arc. They were constantly trying to accomplish things. And one episode would lead into the next episode. And this was a kid's show for little kids, five, six years old kids. Kids who don't even have object permanence yet. Yeah. And they oh, have. No, they, they totally have that. <laughs> well, well, yeah, they know they know their they know their poop's always going to stay in the toilet because that's where they put it. No, they don't. know. Oh, they don't know. Oh, they don't know. Um, but yeah, so this this really was like a very different kids show, and I just completely forget about it. Like it, it's I I loved it so much. A lot of the stories, a lot of the episodes were based on books, but but they really took off. That was the the jumping point, and then they really just went nuts with it. And you had characters and villains and stuff that were from the books, but they just flush them out and and it really was this very truly sprawling adventure um for little kids and i really don't remember it being overly <sighs> there was no jar jarness to it like george lucas thinks like oh it's a character for kids so that means it has to be obnoxious and loud and in your face and i just i just felt like teddy ruxpin was quieter than that yeah it's a very calm show you know there are some you know, excitement and all that, but it's always very still. It's not overly loud. It's just a chill, chill vibe. The whole, everything about it is just. Right. Yeah. There's an adventure. There's something that they're doing, but it's not about yelling or being obnoxious or, or, you know, at all grabbing your attention because it can't be ignored. It's like, no, it's, it's interesting based on, you know, merit and the, yes. the, you know, the story writing and the fact that you have, you know, are paying attention to these characters who are, you know, cute and fun and lovable. And maybe you have the toys, maybe you don't, but you know, it's like, I don't know, in some ways it's like, I mean, I don't know, tenuous, but like, it reminds me of like Winnie the Pooh. It's like, I like Winnie the Pooh episodes of, you know, the new <laughs> adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I love watching that show. Is it cute? And is it sweet and funny? Yes. But also like, I really just like the adventures and like the little things that end up going on with all those. Characters. That's a really, so it's like, that's a really good one to bring up. You're right. The, like specifically like on a smaller, the new you know, adventures. Right. Yep. Like on yeah. a, on a, on a smaller scale, but still like the new yeah. adventures of Winnie Pooh really made me go, wow. Like I, I really enjoy these characters and it was just like a, a fun, sweet, you know, comfortable vibe of a show that was, you know, a lot of fun to watch and you weren't just, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, them, them bumbling around and being goofy. It's like there was adventures they went on. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool. And, and feels, feels very kindred with and, Teddy. And Winston. also it, it falls under that quietness too, that, you know, yep. there's nothing chill. Uh, I mean, Winnie the Pooh is the most chill kids thing ever. Absolutely. I mean, just yeah, I, I still and absolutely another, love it. 
another one of the best theme songs ever. I think yeah. Yeah. that was a fantastic theme song. Specifically that from that from that show. You gotta yeah. get up. You gotta get going. You gotta see a friend of mine. See, this is what you get, Josh. So we will just we just remember the theme songs. We just start singing. This happens oh, all I, the time. I know that one by heart. Brown and he's fuzzy. I love him because he's just poo bear. Winnie the poo bear. Take it. It's take, just so take a verse, good. Josh. Take a verse. Wherever you go. Oh, <laughs> there. Yes. <laughs> nice. Climbing a honey tree. Honey tree. <laughs> yeah, I remember the climbing a honey tree. Climbing a honey tree. You know, I thought for the longest time that uh, that that song was done by uh, Kenny Loggins. And I'm wrong. It's not done by Kenny Loggins. He did a different Winnie the Pooh theme song. Well, he did a, an album of uh, songs from Pooh Corner that was uh, right. But yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That, that particular one's corner. not him. <laughs> I, you but know, it's still I, awesome, and you would totally believe it if it was. It's probably probably sung by Hoyt Curtin or something. I don't know. Oh God, it is. Um, probably. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, so like, it's interesting though because I, I, I really, you gotta give it to Teddy Ruxpin. I don't know if there was a because you had like more badass adventure shows. You definitely had like your Robotech, your you know your anime stuff, your Robotech, your Voltron. And that was like for like, yeah. you know, a little bit older and you're your He-Man and stuff like that. But but there was something about Teddy Ruxpin. It was 85, you know, Transformers, obviously 85. It was for smaller kids, but it it didn't talk down to them and it gave them this big sprawling adventure. And then you had DuckTales then and, and New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is a valid entry. Absolutely the same. And then what what was coming next? So you had. Chip and Dale Rescue bears, Rangers. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Almost forgot. Gummy Bears. Perfect. Yep. Exactly. Still the same kind yep. of vibe too. Same right. vibe. Yeah. Yep. I love. I love Gummy Bears with a passion. Yep. Uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. That same yep. sort of. Uh, you know, it's it's adventure. It's not the sprawling. You know, old timey period adventure, but it's it's the same sort of a you know action and adventure sort of a series. And then you had Tailspin, which was kind of its own you know brand of that and then i think it all stopped with goof troop goof troop was really the first one that i didn't really care that much about it's not that i hated it but i liked it pretty well it was it was and, good uh, but it it for me it's like oh now it's a sitcom yeah i feel like bonkers what might have been like the last hurrah because yeah, I, yeah, I do remember bonkers, bonkers. yeah he was yeah. he was a he was, he was like a, a cop, cop. right yeah yeah, they started to transition into be like daily life. Just you know, the sets were kind of always the same sets, and uh, I mean, sure, in Ducktales you had a lot of you know episodes just centered around the mansion, but um, they would go all these all these other places. But with Goof Troop, they didn't really go too far. Um, so I think, and and now there's like you know, how many shows can you name that are like the Simpsons or Bob's Burgers or, you know, wherever, where it's, it's all about just, it's just an animated sitcom. Right. Uh, family guy, you know, all the adult cartoons for sure that are of that ilk. It's like, they're just sitcoms. Um, and so I, 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 I don't know. I always tended to like that other side of things, but it's, I guess my point is just, uh, I always, I always forget Teddy and uh, it needs to be, remembered because it was a great show so so what you actually ended up purchasing mainly from me was the figures and the figures were really styled after the the look of the characters in the show mm -hmm. um and i know i know you got a few it was like a dozen or so something like that i think ish figures yeah i didn't count but yeah it was, it was yeah something like that 
something like that. And they're uh, all I just think it was all, I'm pretty sure it was all of them. I think. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I uh, I think you know what? I don't know if they made. Uh, there's not a princess. Uh, the princess. There. Yeah, that was just gonna say. I because one guy's like her brother or something. I think. Right. Oh oh. So I don't have him either. So I don't know if they made figures, but that's right. The the brother and sister. Because I have yeah. the the grunge guy. That's right. Yep. And he's not. I was thinking that was the brother, but now I can picture the prince. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. I can't remember his name, but um, I don't remember either. But I have. Uh, so back. So I've wanted to be a father for a very long time before I even had my kid, and I've been planning forever. Ever since DVDs came out, I've been buying like cartoons from my childhood and stuff. Um, and Teddy Ruxpin, I found it at Walmart one time, the entire series of the cartoon. And I was like, well, I'm buying that. And, uh, I used to have a DVD player in my car, like in my dash and I would drive around and watch movies and shit because I delivered pizzas. And I remember watching the entire series in my car while I delivered pizzas of Teddy Ruxpin. And it's, it's fantastic. (laughs) So So it held up for you. Nice. Yeah, I mean it's it's for kids still. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, right. But you recognize that it's for kids, and you're like, yeah. but like you know, with that context, yeah, this is a very enjoyable show. I mean, there's there's so many kids shows, honestly, that get I I get like just so much genuine joy out of, and and like genuine laughs out of, you know. And it's like there's plenty of humor that I appreciate for adults too, but like something about like the simple humor and and storytelling of some kid show, it's like. It's so enjoyable, you know, it just, it just totally, you know, it's nostalgic, but also it just, it still works, you know, like any kind of old reruns of Nickelodeon stuff or, you know, those great Saturday morning cartoons, like they, they still have appeal and and I still really like them, even, even not just through nostalgia glasses. Hanna-Barbera stuff, I think along with Teddy Ruxpin doesn't, a lot of it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Like uh, my kid, when I have him. Uh, I have him about half the time, and on weeknights from 8 to 9 is retro cartoon time. So we go and we get in my bed, and I put on whatever retro cartoon we're watching. Like, currently we're watching Galtar. And, uh, oh, almost, almost awesome. Awesome. Nice. And I've, I've watched Galtar with my, with my youngest yep. as well. And uh, she loved it at the time. I'm I'm sure if I asked her now that she's 13, she's too cool. And she's probably like, I don't know what you're talking about, but she liked it at the time a lot. And we went through the whole thing. And uh, that, that was actually my favorite barbarian show from the eighties. I love Galtar. I liked it more than uh, Thundar. And uh, what was that other one? The Herculoids. I like Galtar better. Yeah. I love the Herculoids. Herculoids was older though, to be fair. Herculoids was really 60s, 70s. I did really like it, but yeah. So you had, you had your, you got to count He-Man and you got to count Thundercats. They really Uh, like all that stuff was. Okay. Well, I wouldn't put Galtar over those two, but it's definitely over uh, Thundar. Yeah. See, see the thing is for me personally, I go back and sometimes I, sometimes I dig the old stuff like Tim was saying. And then other times I can't, I can't do it. And He-Man is one of those ones I just can't do at all. It's Thundercats, little, Thundercats, yeah, I definitely still enjoy, but it's like it's like on a bad movie level. Yeah. It's like watching The Room. It's 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 like the the acting is so bad, and uh, you know the but 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 Thundercats has so much that I I adore. Mm-hmm. That same all the same stuff I said. All the adventure stuff is there. All the permanent world stuff. All the world building stuff. All that. Uh, 
all that stuff. Great the recurring characters, characters yep. tons of villains, all tons of friends too. You know, yep. you, you get the Robert Burbles would show up from time to time to Snowman time. Snowman and Hachiman yep. and yep. Yep, Snowman of Hook Mountain. Hell yeah. I mean, like I I do love the Thundercats, but I do also feel like they were an answer to the barbarian craze started by the Conan movie. I think that they were just a flavor of it and they were more definitely more original than a lot of them but um to me they feel like barbarians i mean they're they got sci-fi in there too though i I love that i love that i love when you start to mix stuff like that it's great great stuff yeah man well so so you're a big toy collector a retro toy collector so tell do you mind if we end on like your collection like what what could we what, what do you what do you got man Oh man, I got too much. Uh, like right now, and I know you and I have talked about this before. It, it was supposed to be delivered today, but apparently tomorrow now. Uh, but I got a carded sage from the Ronin Warriors from uh, nice, nice from the original uh, uh, original toy line. So I'm mm-hmm. starting on the Ronin Warriors now. Um, Peter Pan and the Pirates. I found all those and I didn't even know those existed. I think we talked about that too. Yes. Like I didn't, didn't even know they made toys of that. Uh, neither did and, I. Yeah. A local, the- yeah. A local antique shop. I walked in there and it's a big place. I go there every about six weeks to look around. And the guy had the whole line there for $15 each figure. There's like six or seven of them. And I bought, I bought like three or four of them. Cause I was like, I don't need all these. Let me just get the good ones. So I got like, Hook and Pan and Smee and Wendy or something like that. I don't remember which other one. And then my buddy was with me. He's like, why aren't you just getting all of them? I was like, dude, I don't need all those. He's like, you're going to come back and get the rest of them. I was like, damn it. And then it's like three days later, I went back and got the rest of them. <laughs> Son uh, of a bitch was right. Yeah. Uh, I got a lot of turtles. I got, I got a pretty solid He-Man uh, collection. A lot of X-Men stuff um do you now do you collect mainly carded figures and you hang them up or do you have some um, open stuff too that are on shelves yeah i don't really like carded figures that much um but i will get them if they're priced properly Mm -hmm. like if, if the price is basically the same as open i might grab it um as far as like new toys, like the NECA turtles and stuff like that, yeah. I will buy them carded obviously. And I will leave them in the box. Yeah. Uh, but vintage stuff, I want to hold it in my hand. Cause a lot of it's stuff I, you know, had as a kid or a friend had it and I enjoyed playing with it. So I want to be able to hold it. You know, I don't really play with it. I display things nicely. Uh, oh, I got uh, the, the newest thing I completed was the GI Joe street fighter two figures. I have all those. Oh my God. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, there were a two pack and one side was a street fighter guy. And one side was, uh, was, a uh, was a street fighter two. What? The GI Joe figure. GI Joe. Right. Isn't that, isn't that how it came? It was like, on, it's, it's like a two pack. They might've done that. I think they came, I think you could just get them by themselves though. Okay. So I remember them doing, cause I remember street fighter two figures that looked like GI Joe's. I totally do remember that. Mm-hmm. And I thought they came in two packs. Mm, okay. Maybe my brain is just uh misfiring because I, uh, yeah, there was only, I'm just old. There was only 10 or 11 of them. So I, I, just busted through those real quick. And I, I'm not really nice. a completionist necessarily, but the smaller lines, I'll, I'll, you know, rock those out. Well, so you got the list on the fridge though. 
right? Yeah, so like, it off as I get it. So, but but you're not worried about like a complete line. You're just like, oh, certain ones from certain lines are the ones you want. Yeah, it depends on how extensive the line is and and how much how much is really the big thing. Like, yeah, I have. I have several Thundercats, but I, I haven't quite jumped into that arena just yet. You know, if I find one for, you know, a good price, I'll pick it up. Um, I got a lot of random stuff. I, 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 I You know, those Thundercat figures were so freaking great. Yeah. You know, back in the day, my God, they're like twice the size of a He-Man guy. Yep. I never and had they're, them. they're so, yeah, I had, yeah, I had two. Yeah. I had two and that's it. I had Panthro and... I had the 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 walrus guy, the Tuscan warrior. Oh, okay, I think is what he was, and yep. uh, that th- those were the only two figures I had. I always wanted Tigra. I never found him. I didn't yep. never gave a shit about Lion-O. Um, I I would have loved to have gotten like some of the mutants. I the only one I ever saw in the store was Slythe, and I didn't want him. I've got Slythe. I've got Jackalman. I've got Hachiman. Uh, I, I can't, I, I can't, like I said, I can't see it from here. I think I've got, do I have snowman? I can't remember. He's a good go one. Look. He's cool. But, uh, yeah, it's my cousins had it and I would go to their house and play with them, but I never had it for yeah. whatever. Well, cause we lived in Germany and maybe they weren't over there. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. I never had any, hmm. but, uh, now I want them. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> uh, the, the, the trick really with, with Thundercats figures is the, uh, the paint rubs off really easy. Yeah. Well, and so, like uh, Bengali, have yeah. you ever looked up how much that figure is? Um, I know he's like one of the the grails to the series, um, yep. but I don't know. Do 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 you know off the top of your head? I I can't remember, but it's more than I want to pay. I know that much. <laughs> uh, and I know that they were planning on doing uh, what is it, Pumira and Linkso, but Linkso. I they, I don't think they did. I think they were just like. Uh, canceled or something i can't remember if they did them or not i have my list on the fridge i'd have to go look but my kid like i said we do the retro uh the retro cartoons and stuff at at night and he loves thundercats and i'm so proud of that (laughs) like i have the whole series of (laughs) course and uh yeah that's one of his he likes that one one of the best so yeah i mean it it was it was definitely a big favorite for me as a kid so so now have Here's you a seen? Ben- oh, Here's go ahead. Bengali, uh, three hundred fifty dollars. Oh, they did make a link. So, yeah, here's another Bengali for five hundred. Jeez, Car- a carded one for seventy five hundred or seven? Uh, not seventy. Yes, yeah, yeah 70, seventy seventy five hundred. Holy $7, shit! Yeah. So he's a. Uh, yeah, I, insane. I'll, I probably insane. will never own that one. So, have you seen? I'm sure you have. Uh, I know you've seen it. I know you've seen it. Do you have any of the the new wave of the sil- the Super Seven Thundercat figures or the Silver Hawks that they're putting out? Uh, I have seen them. I really want to like Super Seven's products, but I just uh, I don't know. Like the the Robin Hood one they put out and the the Prince John, I kind of want those. But I'm, I'm kind of thrifty, <laughs> so I really want to get stuff for a really good price, and I think they're just a little too pricey. I think for what see, they are. See, I think that they are. You know, I hadn't seen the Robin Hood. I just, I'm just looking to looking oh, them up now. Cool. So it's the Fox Robin Hood from the uh, from the Disney yep. movie. Oh, and, and he even right. comes with his his uh, his stork 
yeah like my disguise son, my son is named after robin hood so if if i see robin hood stuff i usually will grab it oh uh, gotcha yeah no so. he is he is great so so here was my thought i i didn't uh i've i've not purchased anything from super seven before um they are in the 55 <laughs> range they tend to be for the for the normal figures uh yeah. they are they have big ones that are that are more obviously so so the the big monster which is the Sil- silver hawks like main villain when he's in his transformed stage he mm-hmm. is immensely big he's like i don't know a foot tall or something or almost a foot and i know that they also sell his throne separately so i like that they're doing this stuff but they the silver hawk line to me looks a little on the plasticky side like it looks a little cheesy to me but i really do dig their thundercats i don't own any but I do think that they're pretty freaking awesome. But it's one of those things like, you know, the NECA figures, a lot of them will be uh, hard to hard to get unless you unless you like hop on that pre-buy. Yeah, um, I try to, when, you know, if I if it's something I want, like I'm trying to now I'm into the gargoyles, you know, you know doing the gargoyle line and yeah. I have Goliath and he looks freaking awesome. He's amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, that yeah. Is so sick. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to get I think I think what. what because I tried to be very selective and picky as well with new yep. figures. And um, I, I did, I do have the Goliath and uh, this is one of my most beloved cartoons of all time is, is Gargoyle. So um, I, I really feel like I have to get some more, but I don't think I'm going to worry about being a com- completionist. Like you were saying. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not going to get, uh, I think I'll get they some. Put out, they put out Demona or Angela. I can't remember. So yeah, they haven't announced Angela. They announced Demona. The yeah, only not, other one who's on out one. is Thalog. He's out. Okay. And nice. I and then <laughs> yeah, because he's pretty much just a paint job. He's like a just a right. repaint. But they gave him a you know some new accessories and they gave him a, a you know different heads. See, I think they missed the boat on Thalog. They should have done the armored up Thalog that showed mm-hmm. up later in the series, and that would have been a great figure. But if they do Xanatos and his red armor, I mean that's an that's an instant buy. I mean, and they can charge if, if it's a hundred bucks, I'm, I'm screwed. I have to buy it. Like I, yeah. I don't know. Like there's there's no way I can say no to that figure. Right. Goodbye, Benjamin. Bye bye. See you, Ben. But the uh, the new one that's that's just out for for pre buy now is Hudson, yeah, and I, I do love him. I do love him, but I'm gonna pass. Oh um, really? Yeah, I love him. He's great. Uh, Brooklyn was my guy, so I gotta buy. I gotta get Brooklyn. I'm a Lexington um, guy. I yeah, love gotcha, Lexington. gotcha. Yeah, so I gotta do Brooklyn. Um, but you know, I think I think I may just be happy with uh, you know, oh, and Bronx and Bronx comes yeah. with Goliath's folding wings, wings which is yep. really like so smart. That thing is so huge. I mean, yeah. it takes a whole shelf just Goliath himself. So. Right. So what do you? And the other guys aren't going to have folded wings. Right. So they're they're just going to come with their their open wings. So like, holy crap. That's a humongous amount of shelf space if you collect them all. Yep. But um, well, and yeah. I got an I got an email today. Uh, I have uh, Donatello and Leonardo, the Power Ranger Turtles. Yep. I think that came out. I already have that one, and I got an email today that the rest of them are I'm getting charged for them, so they should be here anytime soon. And those look really cool. They do look cool, yeah. Hasbro. I mean, that's when that comic book first came out. I saw like a teaser for it, and I was like the Ninja Turtles get to be Power Rangers. And I was like, I'm fucking in on that. Right. How freaking cool is that? Yeah. Sold. <laughs> Give me all of it. 
So. Put it on my shelf. Yeah. On my shelf. You know, real quick back to the Super 7. I, you know, I saw it before and I'm just reminding <laughs> myself seeing it again. The Monstar figure, not the transformed version, but the regular Monstar from Silverhawks. That's my favorite line. The favorite figure of the line. What an awesome figure. Yeah, I'm not. I, I know the show. I know I've seen it, but it, I, I missed that one, I think, a little bit. Not a huge fan of the show, honestly, yeah. but I, I'm psyched that it exists, and I hope that they do tiger sharks. Not, oh, not, the, not the, be... Yes. Turkey sharks yeah. would be better. Obviously, turkey sharks well, sure. is what we really want. I but, loved uh, tiger sharks, and it was too. just such a short-run series, and I was so mad that it, I never, you know, I saw a handful of episodes and never saw it again. And Yeah, it only had like 14 episodes or less. Yeah. Or, it's not many. And uh, it uh, it aired as as like part of this rotating block. It was called like the comic strip, I think it was called. Like and Camp so Candy like right there too, or something like that. What's that? Camp Candy was like right about the same time. Too yeah, it wasn't. Like it that. was probably about the same time. It wasn't part of this though. Uh, this had like the random shows that like nobody remembers. Uh, there was there was one that was something. I think it was called Street Frogs. Uh, and then there was another one with a. Uh, karate cat maybe or something like just weird tiger sharks was the adventure show it was cool it was the same drawings as thundercats yeah, and like, thundercats with like little twist on thundercats and yeah those figures are kind of expensive too i've i'm i will have some of them at some point but oh see i'm i'm like pretty freaking sure that those never came out oh you can get them yeah, because I'm yeah, pretty sure on the Tiger Sharks. I'm pretty sure they're on eBay because I have them on my fridge list because hmm. I looked them up. And... Um, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they there are people selling them. I am wrong. I but think they're, they're expensive a little bit. Though. I would love, I mean, as especially where we're the retro Redoctopus podcast, I'd love to have the uh, the octopus lady there uh, if, if they would put out like a new version. Yeah. Um, It'd be so cool. She was she was just visually yeah, so awesome. So cool. Yeah, these things are expensive. It's like three hundred bucks for one of them. Yeah. Make out. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I will tell you for sure. I remember was canceled was uh dinosaurs. Uh, and they brought out a comic book uh, of that not that long ago, a couple years ago. That and I never read it because it just did not look good. No, like the covers looked really bad. But yeah, I think. No, I don't have that DVD. I don't know if they released the DVDs or not, but I love that one too. That was, that was a great one. Yeah, that was a really great one. Um, but yeah, the and I would have I would have bought those toys in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Dinosaurs. Oh man. Yeah, that was solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's stuff. just say that uh, if my comic book company ever takes off. I do have a list of IPs that I want to purchase and do comic books for. Okay. And I'm not saying that Dinosaurs is on there, and I'm not saying that Tiger Sharks is on there, but I'm not saying they ain't either. Perfect. Not, not <laughs> I, have, I have a list on my phone of, of several IPs that I I have I have ideas for and I want to do, and but <laughs> that costs money, and I got to be sure able does. to sell, sell sure books does. and stuff. So. Yeah. If you want oh, man. comics. <laughs> hey man, you know, uh, I wish you the best of luck on that. And that's uh it's always great to have these big, big, huge ambitions. And uh you definitely got those. Um, man, it was uh it was awesome having you back on the show, dude. This has been a really fun conversation. Uh before we go, uh 
do you want to tell people where they can find you all on the interwebs one last time? Uh, yeah, I mean, more or less just Google Cutthroat Comics and, and everything will pop up. But we, we're on all the major social medias, Facebook, uh, TikTok. We just kind of got on. I'm starting to figure that out. And it's I have some fun on there a little bit. Uh, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, uh, CutthroatComics.com. I mean, it's uh, people are smart. They know how to find stuff. They do. They do. And uh, do you I know you do a lot of in-person events. Do you have anything coming up as far as cons go? Uh, yeah. Toledo Fantasticon is March 12th and 13th. I think that's the next one. Nice. Uh, I don't have my list in front of me, but I'll be in, uh, I think in like June, I'm going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for one. Uh, I can't remember all the other ones. There's a handful of them. Cool. And now do you have those listed on your Facebook page? Yeah, they're on the the website. website. Oh, they're on the website too. Perfect. Cutthroat Comics, one word, no www cutthroatcomics.com and of course the uh show notes of this episode are going to have that link for you too josh it was a super pleasure to have you back on uh always fun to talk to you man uh thanks a lot for coming out i coming back i i can't wait to read turkey sharks number two uh yeah i can't wait to see it done myself actually because it's it's almost done so i'm i'm pumped and i, and I appreciate you guys having me on I, you know i love absolutely i I like talking about myself, but I like talking the retro toys and all that. I could talk that shit all night. <laughs> that's the best. Well, yeah, we love that's... it too. We love it too, man. I like it. it we got the podcast uh, for a reason. <laughs> it's one of it. It's just one of those things. Like talk about it. You know, everybody remembers what it was like to be a kid, and it's just it's just fun. There's um, a there's a line in in one of I, I just one little anecdote. There's a line in my first book about a uh, a guy. He's at a party. And he brings up retro cartoons and he he's describing Fantastic Max to the people in the room, knowing that they won't know what it is. Oh, I know so what then, it is. Yeah. So then so then a minute goes by and they don't know what it is. And he goes, oh, yeah, it was Fantastic Mask or Max because he wanted to, like, show that he has better knowledge of retro stuff than them. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic Max has come up a few times. What I in the podcast, I mean, what what I think is really funny is I think most of the time, if somebody says Fantastic Max and they're talking about retro cartoons, they actually mean Mighty Max. Right. And then I go, wait, wait, are you talking about the one with the baby or the one with the kid in the baseball cap? And they're like, no, the kid with the baseball bat, baseball cap and the chicken. It's like, yeah, that's yeah. Mighty Max. Mighty Max. Wait, what's well, Fantastic talking. Max? And they're like, oh, it's a baby. And a like a, a, a droid, guy, yeah. <laughs> a droid made of blocks, yep. and uh, and a little alien dude. That's it. <laughs> Another good one. Another good one. All right. Uh, well, well, with that, uh, we will uh, say good night to everybody. Uh, we'll let you. We'll let you out of the brig. Uh, hopefully, you didn't uh, nibble on that that piece of bread down there. I think that's actually been down there since uh, Keith Lansdale was down there. Uh, oh, okay. uh, there uh, it, it might be, it's probably moldy by now. I think he actually had chicken soup though, to be fair. Um, yeah. But I just uh, pretended it was a fig Newton. So. Uh, perfect. Per- you know, next time As you should, you know, next time we got to get some fig Newtons <laughs> for down there. Uh, I think that's what we're, we're going to do, but uh, well guys, uh, retroids, if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that made growing up. Awesome. Hope you check out cutthroat comics and all the good stuff that 
all the good works that Josh Nealis does. And uh, we hope you have an excellent, safe night. And uh, just a little shout out, we're, we're all you know, holding the people of Ukraine in our thoughts. And uh, we do this silly show and there's uh, some really bad stuff going on in the world right now. So just want to acknowledge that. And, um, and uh, we, we, you know, our hearts are with the people of Ukraine right now. Absolutely. That's right. But uh, we hope you guys have a nice, safe evening. And uh, that's uh, all I have to say about that. Good night. Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show. Throwdown Thursday. Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy. Three Guys That Horror. The new and improved Super Retro Throwback reviews the Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the f- last 20 minutes of the movie. That That's what right. the game is. It's fucking monsters tearing up a, fuck, a fucking city. Secret Underground Hideouts. Cinema with Harrison Smith. Dorks the Podcast. The Dorkening. Black and White Fright. The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com.